Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone. Meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Today in a Mississippi Minute, if there was a king of Napa Valley, his dad would be that. And he would be the prince. His family's history runs deep in Napa Valley, like that old muddy river runs through mine. Always one of the top two great producers in the region and is a premium winemaker. If you're a wine drinker, then there's a pretty good chance you've had a bottle that he had something to do with. Also, to think I almost ruined his taste buds and superior wine palate with an Inferno hot chicken wing once in Miami. That's another story. Please welcome the best guy you could ever know if you visit Napa Valley. Uh, we call him the Big O, Oscar Renteria. Hello, Oscar. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of getting through this thing. What do we got? <laughs> oh, Mr. Azar, thank you very much for having me here. Mr. Azar. And, uh, it's quite a pleasure <laughs> and more than anything to get a chance to talk to you. Well, it's been Legend. so long. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Oscar uh, Renteria, uh, we call him the Big O, as you get a little older and you start to like wine and you meet the Big O Oscar Renteria out in Napa Valley, then that then it's first class, baby. You can't go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can fall forward, though. But yeah, you could. You could fall together. forward. Okay, so hey, so I wanna, what I want to do is I want to talk about, you know, there's so many people that now are into wines, and especially uh, from your region. Uh, I want to dig into, because I love talking to your dad, still speaks broken English, and the story of how it all began, how he didn't like to get his hands dirty, he was a barber, just sort of take us through that, because that was sort of the roots of all this and how you came to be. That's right. It really is. It really is. You know, it's uh, him at the age of, I think it started really at the age of, uh, in the state of Jalisco, Mexico, at the age of 15 when his oldest brother, the older of six, taught him the trade of, of um, barbary, became a barber. Um, at a pretty early age, and, uh, and also a pool hustler, <laughs> and his uh, his brother migrated to uh, to the U.S. under the Braceros program in the late fifties. He landed wow. here in the town of Rutherford, in the middle of Napa Valley, and at that point in time, they were they were encouraging migrants to come to Napa Valley and, and work uh, the opportunity of of America and the, and the work in America. And my dad uh, my dad came in nineteen sixty two at his calling. He picked up he was picked up in um, San Diego just outside the border, and uh, in a Greyhound bus, and directly in the town of Rutherford. Now, that's not really a town. It's one little, I think there might have been 14 homes at the time. But 
that there was a handy store called the Handy Store, <laughs> which also had a couple of had a little pool table inside. It was really everything that everything that happened in in the middle of uh, of Napa Valley and Rutherford was in this little town called Handy Store, which is now called the Rutherford Grill. Very very popular place. BB Winery, Crust Facilities, a bunch of stuff there. But my dad landed there and and he got dropped off. He had no idea where he was going. But he knew, uh, he, he asked the person at the handy store, he goes, oh, just wait right here. You're, you're Salvador Renfri, just wait here. Went and got um, my uncle, his brother, and they picked him up. That was in 1962, August, oh, sometime in August of 1962, which actually, five minutes of being there, met his future wife that he married in 1966. Wow. Um, uh, three of the Aguirre sisters were hanging out in the handy store, <laughs> and one by the name of Maria Luisa. Um, so as my father got there, um, started working for uh, uh, alongside my uncle and uh, working at uh, Sterling Vineyards in Calistoga. Experienced his first um, his first uh, few months of work, and he found it to be pretty difficult working in the fields under the hot sun. So he had another opportunity, and uh, with a friend of his, um, to head over to uh, to head to Chicago. He did that in the fall of, of 1962, and he found it to be really cold. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little sensitive, but aren't we all? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was a hell of a pool shark. Back in the day, in 1962, the average salary of a uh, average salary of a, of a uh, minimum wage there for a day's work was a per, uh, per hour, so it was about a buck, for, about 40. My dad used to pull down 40, 50 bucks a day playing pool. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the opportunity he got from a pool shark, a pool hall, it was just to cut hair. It wasn't to play pool. Yeah. He didn't go in there with the intention <laughs> of playing pool, but he found himself to be a pool shark. And to this day, he, he still is. Wow. Great story. But he came back to Napa in 1964. He, yeah, in 1964, he came back to Napa. He went from Chicago back to... Um, was he heading home, back, Oscar, back home? He was, yeah. He headed home, and then one day before his his permit to be in the United States would expire, he crossed the he crossed the uh, he crossed the border. He walked across he walked across the border, and it was pretty funny. He tells the story to this day. The immigration officer said, "You know that you are crossing one day before this expires, and you know if this expires, you you know you have a hell of a time getting one of these again." He said, yeah, yeah, but I I got about three hours left. <laughs> he crossed three hours. To come over and came back to Napa Valley. He started getting into it and working from his way up, from uh, working with a shovel. And he just he just caught on to just caught on to growing grapes. He saw an opportunity, became a tractor operator and a supervisor and manager. And that's really what his his forte was was managing people. He had a he had a, he had a talent for and people wow. people liked him. So he was uh, good at what he did. He went from just not liking it to falling in love with it is what I remember him telling me yes. uh, while we yeah. were breaking bread. So for people to understand this, uh, when that, and you're talking early sixties before I was born. So I was born the year that he fell in love with it, which is sort of, which is, should be the case, <laughs> 1964. Um, but what's amazing is he ends up living on top of Silverado country club and in the, on the cover of wine spectator, wine, was it wine spectator? Wine spectator. I mean, that just is like the ultimate American dream right there. And I just love hearing him tell the story with the passion and still in his eyes and almost like the belief, but yet the disbelief, you know what I mean? Cause when you do things, you accomplish things. I think you look back in the rear view mirror, you go, 
that's when you finally go, wow. And I love that when you can finally sit back in the rearview mirror and just listen to him talk about it with such humbleness. Um, reminded me of my dad and my father-in-law. Both both are the same way. They're very, very humble. No matter what's come their way, they remember yeah. the hard times and they just sort of look ahead. But I like uh, digging into all this. Okay, so there he is, and you're born in you're born in Napa. Is that right? Born in the middle of Napa Valley, San Lina at that time, and my birth certificate still says it's called a. St. Helena Sanitarium Hospital. <laughs> yeah, we all got born in some. We <laughs> <laughs> all got a little bit of that. I'm surprised you weren't born in the, what did you call the store in the beginning? What was it called? The Handy Store. The Handy Store. <laughs> we I mean, do it all. <laughs> it, it may, the, but that, you know, that, when people see that little sparkle in, in, the, in their eye, I mean, the sparkle in eye, I think, probably was was born there in 1962 there in august when he landed <laughs> that's it. okay so how long before your dad salvador by the way renteria before they decided they got back together and got married <laughs> yeah they they dated a little bit but not really seriously seriously dating here i gotta tell you so when at in those in those days in the 50s and early late 50s and early 60s mexican families were coming over in in drones but in families Right, and these were big families that came over. Um, my mother's families, the Geary's, came seven of them. My my dad's side, at that time, there were I think in total that migrated to Napa Valley uh, within three to four years of each other were, were about uh, six of six of them. In fact, I have fourteen aunts and uncles in this valley. I have thirty six first cousins. Unbelievable. We all lived in in, in Santa Lena. Three of my mom's sisters. The Aguirre side of the family. My mom, three of my mom's sisters, married three brothers from the Olguins. Three, three brothers from one family married three sisters from another. Wow. All they had was a church and a dance. All they had was a church and dance hall. And of course, if you don't have TV and radio, you know what else are you going to do? No, no, you're right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Oscar Rentria. He's out in Napa Valley, born and raised. Uh, uh, I actually call him the Pope of Napa Valley, but being a Catholic, I have to watch myself there. And uh, That's right. Uh, I don't. I mean, I, I don't. Wouldn't you ever use that term loosely? But but I'm trying to give it some sort of like like to me. You're it. I mean, and I love when I when I when people go out and I give them that opportunity to meet you. When the ones that do go take advantage of it, they come back. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. He's da da da. He had us do this. But I'm uh, just so you'll know, I'm, you my listeners out there, it's going to take an act of Congress for you guys to get me to give you Oscar's number. That is a very, very, very special thing. During the Mississippi Minute, I'm with Oscar Renteria, the big O from Napa Valley. I'm Steve Azar. Hey, folks, if you're tired of being tired because your pillow isn't doing his job at night, give my buddy Chad and his team at OmniPillow a go. OmniPillow has a 100-day return policy, and listen to this. They will donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal is to give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. You'll thank me, I promise. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com, enter promo code Steve Azar. That's OmniPillow.com, promo code Steve Azar, and you'll receive 20% off with free shipping. If you ask me, there's no better pillow on the planet.
Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are back in a Mississippi Minute. I'm with my dear friend, Oscar Renteria. Uh, he is in Napa Valley, born and raised, knows more about the wine business from the ground up, from the soul, all the way to production. Spent his time at St. Mary's University out there in California, Northern California, and made his way back home uh, to work with his dad and then uh, continue just to grow uh, what his dad started. And I just love that. I love it because our farmers down here, Oscar, uh, you know, they're generational, man. They, you know, even the ones that went off to Ole Miss and Texas and Arkansas and Mississippi State, they, they you know, whether they liked it or not or knew it or not or, or, or tried to not do it, they all came home and found their passion with farming. When you grew up and went to St. Mary's, was this always something that you were going to come back to or, or were you going to go off to New York City and, and do something else? I was going to get the hell out of here. Exactly That's what I'm saying. For the reason that you – yeah, yeah. And it's generational. You just – you don't know it. And, and, you know, I think Steve, like anything, right? Yeah, sometimes it's hard as we're – and I it's hard for me to recall, but I know the uh, the state of mind I thought it was in, which is a major lack of awareness. I was having fun when we were a teenager. And you're from a small town. I didn't, yeah. I didn't appreciate grapes. Um, I appreciated beer uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and really, really bad tequila. I think we all had that back in the day. <laughs> But but the when I graduated from uh, uh, growing up in Napa Valley, if you were a son or daughter of a migrant farm worker, it was a normal course of your life's business to work in the fields as a child at the age of 11 or 12. It yeah. really wasn't any big deal. But once we started getting into high school and we started to assimilate with um, uh, with uh, you know with uh, uh, white people, uh, which are all my great friends, my best. I'm married married to. Beautifully, beautiful Dutch, Irish, and Costa Rican, <laughs> hot as fire. Yeah, uh, woman. Yes, you and, are. We both are. Yeah. Well, mine's not Dutch, well, we but you know what I'm saying. We both, both, yeah, we both yeah. overextended ourselves there, which is fine. Yeah, it's part of the deal. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they like I'm tan guys. <laughs> they like the two tan guys. <laughs> well, thank God for tanning machines and that stuff they spray on. You and thank I don't need it. You and I don't need <laughs> it. <laughs> That's All right. true. We do have some pigmentation. Yeah, yeah, uh, we do. <laughs> but, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, cruising through high school, that's the last thing I could think of. I actually wanted to get out of here. I was working in the fields and got in high school, and then I got a job not working in the fields, but I worked hard. And I, I got to say this, I thought about this about a week ago. Me, talking to some, some, uh, one of my dad's son's kids who's a little looking for a play, looking for his way right now. And I said, you know what? And the one thing my dad told me is, no matter what job and who you work for, you better do the best at it. Be aggressive. Don't worry. Don't be the same as everybody else. You just be better. Right. You know, you can be better. And that work ethic will always stick with you. And I did. I've always done that because of my father. But being born from being born in, in the valley where you know uh, people around me, my family worked in the fields as I got to high school. I wanted to do more. I wanted to get out more. And my parents intentionally moved us from Santa Lena, uh, nine miles south to the town of Napa so that we would go to a grade school. My sister and I would go to a grade school where right. we would learn to speak the, lang- the English language. When none of us were born with, we were not born, we were not, uh, we didn't speak any, any English when uh, we were growing up. Not until I got in the seventh, first grade and my uh, second grade and my sister got in the first grade, but my parents intentionally moved us to go to school where nobody spoke Spanish. <laughs> Right. Wow. That's, <laughs> God, that's amazing. Hey, but it was good. Their purpose was to teach us 
to, to teach us to, to uh, make sure we applied ourselves at school, and we did. So I went. My sister went to Stanford. I went to St. Mary's College, and wow. I didn't have any any thoughts of coming back home. Right. I wanted. In fact, I had a job offer when I graduated out of a graduating class at St. Mary's Co- College of I think uh, nine hundred. There were less than two handful of of uh, Mexicans graduating from that class. So I was actually. I was actually in the market. I was actually, I was actually in demand. Believe it or not, Steve, I was in well, demand. I know you were in demand because I know you. Because <laughs> you are not only me in demand, perfect. you are a demand. Which is, I just said that. <laughs> man. Like Very that. Very good. Songwriter. My dad called me in in, in August of um, <laughs> 1989. He says, "Hey, I, I am gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get serious about my management company. I kind of started a couple years ago, and I wonder if you'd be willing to come back. I didn't ask him how much he was going to pay me. Yeah. I didn't ask him what I was going to do. I just said, absolutely. Well, just, <laughs> so you've gone you from, you've gone from no way. Right. Yeah. yeah. It just seeps in that you just needed to be asked the question. You know, yeah. you, you grow up though. Okay. So, all right. So I love that. Now we're, I want to start digging into it because pardon the pun, but, but you get, you can, you get back to work. Um, there's so many questions I want to ask you and, and people that are just are becoming wine lovers and becoming uh, people that are already, uh, you've got more knowledge to me than anybody I've ever met in my life. And I've met a lot of people, but you truly do. And I think it's because of just growing up in the history and also knowing it from the ground up, pardon the pun, yeah. but you do. So, yeah. so there's so many things I want to ask. So you, you start working with your dad, you guys become, y'all are always one of the biggest grape growers there are. How do you? Are these obviously relationships, 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 the three most important things, I believe, in life. And then when you can deliver on things that, that, that involved in those relationships and they just get stronger and they and, you know, the believability becomes uh, apparent and you just want to work together. Right. Absolutely. So absolutely. hundred percent. So who was at first sort of like uh, were you doing your own thing, growing your own grapes or was it? Was it always, was it started by like, okay, I'm doing Mandavi, I'm doing cake bread, I'm doing, you know, because you've explained it, but it's always a little foggy because we're into the wine. Yeah. So now that yeah. I'm up and having yeah. coffee, I'm really going to pay attention. <laughs> Thank God. My yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. The earliest I ever heard you get up. Man. I know, I know, I know. Us musicians, we don't, shouldn't be up. What's going on? Well, I'm a, no, no, unless the tea time calls for it. And yeah. I know your priority. <laughs> well, my, you know, my, it, it, it's, it was my dad's reputation, but it's his relationships. And I remember in 1987 when they had his going away party because he retired from the business. Like, I can't do this anymore. Having anxiety attacks because the man was a super passionate guy, very passionate. Right. And he, and he got the best of him. Yeah. And when he retired, I remember, you know, the, the forefathers of this, of the Napa Valley, the people in this room telling me and stories about, yeah, your dad's the best with his witch years and he's the master when it comes to viticulture. Never, never formally trained, but. His practical knowledge is better than any kind of training you're going to get. It just is because when you deal with a plant, you deal with experience. You just deal with a lot of variabilities, and that guy has it. But the yeah. difference between your dad and others is that guy was able to bridge the cultural gap, get impassioned, passionate people to do the work and want to do it, and he, they just followed him. And wow. winemakers in this evolution of the Napa Valley into quality from not so much, but into quality was they're looking for people who had that same passion, naturally. And, of course, then from their relations, what is, what is the one thing my dad told me in 1995 when he started to hand over the company and telling clients? He told me, he's like, look, one thing we have is our, is our, is our last name. Yeah. Never 
do anything that you shouldn't do. You're going to get in situations where you're between a client and a grower and you're selling grapes and different hats. But the one thing you can always go back to is reputation, 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 reputation. That comes from being a farmer, I think, man. Listen, listen, when you're that close to it, I, I, you're talking about plants and, and, and the variables and everything that comes at you like weather, right? And you're, and you're trying to control all these variables and it's just difficult. Uh, and we're going to talk about the fires in a little bit. There's another something you couldn't control. And I know y'all had a tough year. Uh, and we've been thinking, praying for you guys. But like the Mississippi soil is known for being so fertile it can grow anything, right? We're, and, and, and I'm probably exaggerating a touch, but it's crazy fertile. And it just, it, the ground just kind of works with so many different crops. So what is it about Napa that has made that wine such a big deal? In that site, it's the soil. Our soils, we have, I think, 22 or 29 soils identified you know, identified in the world in some of the richest soils and all unique soils, but most of those soils are conducive to growing high-quality anything. And, and grapes, the one thing about grapes that they do need is they need, they need a difference of temperature, warm to hot during the day and then cool to cold at night. And so wow. we get... We get that we get those inversion layers from the coast. So we're only twenty two miles as the crow flies right. from the ocean. So all that influence we get it gets stuck in our valleys. We get like a long oval bowl, if you will, and it comes in over the over uh, into the evenings and it seeps out in the early mornings. It could be fog, it could be, you know, uh, a cloud cover as you call it, and uh, we get that we get those inversion layers. So we get that we get that depth between it and, and great uh, grapes, especially skins and seeds, they like to see that. They like to work during the day, and they like to rest at night. And that's oh. what you get with that big difference in temperature. Um, and extremely fortunate, too, as you get now, you go from north to south, and you work your way into the cooler climates. That's where you grow your pinots and chardon. Pinots, a variety you mentioned, it's interesting, is that it's very finicky. It's extremely skinned. It's also red, so it's got to take a little bit longer to ripen. It's got to get color. It's got to go through a bunch of stuff. It's a different it's a different game when it comes to Pinot and Chardonnay and every variety. And Napa is it's pretty unique and it, it can grow th- those varieties from one end to the other just from twenty six miles apart in the influence of the San Pablo Bay. So wow. we're very, very fortunate. I mean, Mother Nature just gave us a place and the fact that human beings can recognize it, of course over thousands of years because it's been grown in other countries. Um, you know, the Russians are the ones that came here and established that, then the Germans and right. um the Italians, everybody, everybody saw this and said, "Holy crap! This is a this is a place to grow some grapes." And we, if you look at the project, if you look at Burgundy and Bordeaux, who I would probably say are the best or perceived to be the best in the world. I mean, they know who their competition is, and it's Napa Valley, and that's right. prices are here are crazy record pricing. Is just it's just it's a it's a it's nuts and crazy. And it's it's not and crazy to think that I I was born here. Right, I love it. We're talking to Oscar Renteria, the big O, the big O. I, I just realized something that that I am the opposite of a fine wine, in that I like to sleep during the day and work at night. So I'm basically out of luck. I'm with uh, with Big O. I'm with Oscar Renteria. I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi minute. We'll be right back. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Azar, on Facebook.com, Steve Azar Live, and listen to all my music, Steve Azar and Steve Azar and the King's Men, wherever you download or stream. In 
Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We're with Oscar Renteria. He is in Napa Valley. He is the prince of Napa Valley. And I'm telling you, he uh, knows more about winemaking from the ground up to production uh, till it hits your mouth from the grapes uh, that that he that he actually touches with his own hands and understands it so well. And I wish everybody could experience what I've experienced. Uh, you just uh, an amazing passion for um, for what he does. Second generation and uh, has carried on his dad's tradition uh, to a T. Uh, Oscar, let's talk about what you're doing now. Besides, because I want to talk about your brands. And and before I want to I want to interject this. We were in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Um, at our, at the family condo, Gwen's family's condo, we spend some time there, and we're at a restaurant called Bella Luna, and we're they have the wine of the day, uh, or the wine of the night, and it's a really great restaurant, and uh, we love going there. And there it is, there's your wine. We're freaking out, <laughs> you know. And I, well, of course, we text you, and we spend all this time texting you. But um, I love seeing your brand out there, uh, and I know that uh, I've I've been blessed to have some of your big, huge bottles you'd send me. And um, and we just kind of look at it for a while because we didn't want to open it because it was so beautiful, the engraving in the bottle and, and everything. But to, to drink it is like, I mean, it's just amazing. And and I know what goes into it. I know how much you care and I know uh, what you're what you're competing against. And you do because you're dealing with your big brands that you actually grow grapes for and and produce grapes and help them have the best wine, some of the biggest brands. Tell me tell me about your wines right now. And then sort of versus the evolution of when you're growing grapes for others versus yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I just yeah, made that sure. question up just then. I was damn. That was damn good. Thank I, you. I, you're pretty good on the ah, yeah, I'm yeah. impressed. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an interesting story. I think from uh, where we are now to where I started, I, you know, making wine, I, when I came home from college and started helping my father out and, kind of modern, modernized a little bit and definitely was probably the hardest five years of my working relationship living at home because my father at that time after a year and a half was like okay well now it's time if you want it, you want to take this seriously i will teach you i will teach it to you but you have to move home for five years and you're going to live and breathe it and it was extremely difficult I'll, I'll tell you a little more about that and why my mother is my mother is the queen and why queen elizabeth is the one that rules because my mother she rules the roost for sure that lady is unbelievable. But the, the dream of making wine had come about in 97, after after uh, early 97, when I realized that, you know, I see a lot of people around us growing grapes, and, and what the hardest part of this whole stuff, the recipe and the formula is growing grapes. And I thought, well, I think my family, and we deserve a little recognition for the hard work that we do, because usually you, you wouldn't see that. I mean, there's a lot of recognition in the Valley from wine growers in the, in the community, but wine making from the consumer standpoint, we were and when really never connected to that. And he making wine gave us the opportunity to connect. I did it for the reason that one is really to be able to, to prove to those that we were uh, providing farm, uh, I mean, uh, vineyard management services to, right. that we could play at that same level, at that same, at that same level. And so that was really the purpose. And also to tell my, my dad's, my dad's story. Um, I'm going to tell you though, our, our, Clients and those people, the people around us that we work have been so supportive from the beginning to the end with our project. They truly, I think, uh, it's 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 great to to see 
especially with so many things that are happening in our in our country. And you know, I think I think I always think there's great improvements. Media and such can maybe see it a different way, but but in a place like Napa Valley, where we had a tremendous amount of migrant farm workers, um, and the amount of um, assimilation and desegregation, and uh, it, it's right. incredible how wineries should just love the farm worker and have uh, embraced the culture everywhere, everywhere. Mm. And so that happened with that case in point. The proof is in the pudding and the fact that our clients would allow us to take fruit from some of their most treasured blocks to see why, see Salvador Renteria and his family succeed. And not just Salvador Renteria and his family succeed, but this community of, of, of hard workers and community of the Latino community, the Hispanic community, the Mexican community, the immigrant, the immigrants, um, and so it's 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 really um, it's unbelievable to see the kind of support that we've always gotten. It's 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 been interesting because sometimes I didn't understand it as I was making wine, and I, and sometimes we run into people talk about you know being competitive, especially with our clients make wine, and it always would fall back to, hey, if we do good, we all do good. Right, right. I love that. I love that. Great. So so they don't feel like so there's not really no threat. There's no feeling of threat or. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, now they're making their own wines. You, you know, I, I I can see that you guys are all in this together, and you all want to succeed together. And probably the thrill of getting, you know, there, there's nothing better than opening a, a, a bottle of wine and, and, and with a group of people, and probably you guys is as close to it as you are. Um, y'all are looking at it like we're we're when we're making a record, writing a song. So writing a song would be the planting the seeds, you know, and then you're nurturing and you have to produce the record and here comes the crops. Right. And then you have to you have to get it out there. So it gets to the consumer and then people hear the music and they yeah. feel it. You guys have the yeah. same similar passion when it when it hits your palate. And so That's I know right. that you're excited about a, a great wine, a great product. And when you can all celebrate that together, it's like us celebrating a great song and a great record. Right. That's right. I love uh, that's that. Right. And love you know it. what? And some some of these similarities like that because you gotta you gotta go on tour. Yeah. And to go on tour, you gotta you got, you gotta find the right distributors. You gotta find the right people, the right partners to tell your story. <clears throat> There's a lot of great stories. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of stories. And I think in this case, it was just one that you know you said it before at the beginning. You had said mentioned the word humble and generational and humble. That is one thing that that um, you know is uh, has been. Um, I think that uh, humble is one of the greatest traits, one of the best virtues oh, that yeah. I know of. Yeah, because it keeps you grounded. You know, Steve. You know, there's great things that you've done. Your family's done. Our families are done. Um, it's, it's it is sometimes the most difficult part just to slow down for a second and reflect and appreciate right. that because right. we go and we go we go. But humbleness is great because you don't end up, um, you know, drinking your own Kool Aid. And right. I think that is one of the things that makes <laughs> it has been. People can see that, and in this in this valley, a small valley like your valley, the relationships are the most important. And at the end yeah. of the day, we're all going. We're not. None of us are going to take none of this with us. No, we're not we taking any of it hope. with us. No, no. <laughs> none, that's none a, that's a, hey, let me ask you something. So let's talk about the wines that you do work with, and then I, I really want to talk about your wines and where we can find them and and how people yeah. can experience them because it's amazing. Okay, so I'm just sort of looking at the list that your uh, your assistant sent me. Uh, okay, so I'm a, I'm gonna say some things wrong. Is it is it uh, Etna at Etna, A E T N A Springs? Which one? Right? Oh, Etna. Etna, Etna, Etna Springs. Etna. Yeah, you were close. Yeah, you okay. Beller, Bosch, Brown Ranch. All these vineyards. I'm looking at Kirkland. I'm looking at Gomez. Uh, I mean, it goes on and on and on. I mean, you're the, these are the ones you are a grape. You know, the Blackbird. Um, 
the Michael Mondavi, or Whiskey River Ranch, you know, so many of that we've heard, the Frank family, you know, all these people that, all these brands that we know, these bottles that we've had. The thing that I love the most is to be with my team in the field because growing anything, it's never the same from one year to the next. No, it's, it's not. Whether it's a fire or an earthquake yeah. in the valley. I mean, we've had them all, right? Earthquakes right. and fires. Yeah, you, you get them all. And the locusts, I don't know what's coming next, but as a grower mentality, you're tough and resilient, and that's, that's the way you Well, you don't life. procrastinate either. You just go do it. The farmers down here, I've got a, a, yeah, a yeah. business partner, is farm, farmers, two of them, for our Mighty Mississippi Music Festival, and it would be it would have been gone after year one. Seven inches of rain at one time. Uh, it was uh, it was the, 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 the place we were on the Mississippi River. It was flooded, had... It was just horrible, and they just brought the relift pumps out the next day, drained the water into the <laughs> into the a river like they were parting Moses, parting the Red Sea, and we had the next day, and we got a story, and I realized there's nothing they can't do and nothing That's you right. can't do, and I love that, and that is the backbone to our entire country. It's where it all began. It's how people, you know, my, you know it's just it's an amazing thing, and I, and I love having partners in, in an adventure like what I'm doing that I can depend on no matter what it is. They react, they get it done, they solve the problem. That's what you guys do. Now, okay, yeah. so uh, you get to play DJ before we go into the break. Mississippi is the music. <laughs> it is It is the birthplace of it all. So do you want to hear a little bit of Albert King or Three Doors Please. Down? Three Doors Down. I knew, see, I knew that. I just had a feeling. We're with Oscar Renteria. He is in Napa <laughs> Valley. He is the prince of Napa Valley, the pope. The king, the son, he's the son of the king. Uh, you're in a Mississippi minute. I'm stumbling through it, but we're going to be right back. Hey folks, in the market for new pillows, I'd like to tell you about who I believe strongly is the best pillow manufacturer made right here in the USA, my friends at Beds by Design and their amazing Omni Pillow. The Omni Pillow is made with a copper infused fabric and they use high quality fabric. The copper has been known to be antifungal, antibacterial, and good for the skin. The OmniFlow is the foam in the inside. Designed by their veteran team, the OmniFlow is a -a one-of-a-kind product that is unlike any other material. It is a patent material that adjusts as the weight is applied. They combine that with responsive temperature control that regulates your body temperature as you sleep. OmniPilla has a 100-day return policy. And listen to this. They'll donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal? To give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com. That's OmniPillow.com. Enter promo code Steve Azar and receive 20% off with free shipping. You won't regret it. Thanks, guys. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are with Oscar Renteria. And if you ever go to Napa Valley, like I said, if you you can call me, if you can find my number, which is not going to be easy, uh, if you can find me, he's the guy you got to, he's just, he's going to kill me for this. But if you, but 
it's amazing the experience I've had uh, being there with him, and and I've only been there once with you for a week, but uh, it it reverberates through me. It's a reminder. It's a constant memory. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing, Oscar. So you've got your branch. I remember you talking about a tequila years ago. Did you did you continue on that mission? Because uh, I, I haven't kept up with you on that on that part. Yeah. No. You know, I have continued on the mission of consuming very the finest tequilas made in the world but not producing one and and <laughs> I kept thinking you were going to do that oh i was and i still will someday but you know what i've also believe it or not steve actually kind of matured a little bit i've kind of grown up not no, not God. entirely i will never know no no not, not like that no okay, I will, i'm always i'll always be a fool and a kid yeah. <laughs> but in in uh, in making sure that i do something here i don't do something that i that that i would you know, I want to leave. I want to leave my life to my wife and my kids in a, yeah. in a simple way. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. But I got to tell you, the last few years I've been living my life thinking, what if something happened to me? And it's helped me to become a little more organized, kind of stream. I get out of some partnerships, um, get into some things that are a little more solid, which is farming. And and the whole whole wine brand has changed. We don't sell wine to distributors three tier anymore. We don't we don't travel to sell. We just only sell wine in the. And that's the value to come here, and it's made my life really simple, and my love life even better. Yeah, well, so. that's awesome. And guess what? When you start, <laughs> when you start having, when your children start growing up, you realize that that oh, life is so much better living uh, through what they're doing, and it does make yeah. you focus. I didn't have it. Would, it took my third child being born for me to have my first hit i mean I, it took me a while and i really understood that and, you know my dad used to tell me all the time you know he used to go out and he used to go to vegas he used to travel and da 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 all that and he realized oh my gosh we have five kids and he stopped he goes i just stopped and i focused and i it was all about you guys and i just love that and i think that that's that's generational because you're you're we were blessed to have parents that bought into us and that fought yeah. for us and that taught us in in action rather than just speaking you know what i mean and so right. we have been blessed in that regard what um tell me and tell our listeners what makes a chardonnay you get to call it a chardonnay what makes it uh, a sauvignon blanc what make i mean because there's percentages and i never understood this and i think people will really uh, get into this that 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 may not be you know aware of uh what it takes so it takes <clears throat> To call a varietal like Chardonnay, Pinot, or Cabernet, or whatever you fancy Merlot, it it takes in this is in this um, in this country and in this val- Napa Valley, you have to uh, you have to have seventy five percent of that varietal in a bottle to call it that name. So wow. if you, it's going to be a Chardonnay, it's got to be seventy five percent. Then, then from there they <clears throat> they may blend something else with it. They may blend some Sauvignon Blanc, or they may put some Viognier, or put some you know what I would call spice it up. Right. Um, but for the most part, it's if it's Chardonnay that comes from Napa, it's almost all that variety, oh. um, and they're all different growing. And, and not only that, don't don't forget now they're a, a Chardonnay just like a Pinot Cabernet comes in so many different forms. There are over six different types of Chardonnay, nine hundred types of Cabernet, wow. and then the, then they're all different depending on who's talking, your exposure, your aspect, and the direction, and your soil, and your drainage, and your nutrients, and you know all that boring stuff. Well, no, it's it's amazing. <laughs> okay, okay, so. So Crazy. what what makes something because you're not putting apples or you're not putting pepper or you're not putting coffee or you know, I mean what makes the palate everybody's palate is different right and what makes something yeah. taste grapefruity when there's no grapefruit I mean so they're you're not they're not adding grapefruit right 
No, they're not, but they're chemical compounds already already embedded in those in those wines, and each of those different varieties mm-hmm. have different characteristics embedded in them. So <clears throat> they may be exasperated, they may be a little more citrusy than over than, than tropical because they're grown in warmer climates, or they're ripened, they're grown to, to ripen and take a little later, so that the more of those tropical, more of that more of those. How is that possible, flavors. Oscar? How is it possible not to? How can it be citrusy if there wasn't? I don't understand that. So. Compound of a fruit, right? It's just enveloped. You know, the only person that knows the answer, the true answer to that, is 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 the Almighty Himself, because He put these fruits. Unbelievable. You know, it's just great, right? I mean, I love more than anything. My favorite fruit is an orange when it's ripe, or watermelon. How? Yeah. Well, that's what it tastes like a watermelon with all chemical compounds. They're all compounds, right? But they're intricate, complicated, just like our bodies. They're in our minds. It's just intricate and complicated, and when a plus B equals C. It is freaking fantastic. Yeah. And we have all kinds of alphabet, all kinds of letters in the alphabet when it comes to wine. And that's the beauty of wine. It's just how it grows in different countries. That's it's amazing. The variety and how it can have different notes. But core, at their core, they have all the same thing. They're just, they will just express and be developed differently depending on... Well, it's on like they've all got their own DNA, right? I guess. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, like we all do, but we're all a little different. Right. You hit the ball a little longer than I do. No, I don't. Not anymore. Different. Not anymore is bad. <laughs> Oscar, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time. I know that uh, you're sick of talking to me, and that's all right with me. But, you know, in Mississippi minutes, they're a little longer than everybody else's. So we gotta we stretched it out for a good hour. Uh, we got to come see you, or you got to come down to the Delta. We miss you. And uh, we love hugs you, to Denise love and the you. kids. And uh, I love you, brother. And uh, you guys, uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. We're going to let you go. I have uh, things to do. Uh, blessings to all. I'm Steve Azar, in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.